Hello. Yo, dog. Hmm. Heard you like show notes. Oh, I'm trying a new thing. You like that? <clears throat> so I added some show notes to your show notes where you keep the show notes. I think I I thought it would be useful to have a summary area. Nope. I thought it'd be useful to have a summary area where we could collect the things I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about. I think my favorite part is the heading that says this episode. Colon. Because that will always be accurate and useful. I kind of, I see what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Yes, it you is. Guys, you guys always us. seem so, you know, overprepared for your popular program. It takes a lot of the air out of the show, and I thought maybe we could take some air out of this one. Oh, see, that's the thing. You you show up for the Roderick show, and it's like, you have a note card, which you've been talking about recently, but basically, like, whatever John wants to talk about is where it ends up going. It's his show, whatever. Uh, but then with this show, you feel like you need to add more structure, and you keep adding more and more structure, like just, like, uh, what is it? Chaos is a ladder. And so are these show notes. Mm-hmm. You're just going <laughs> to... <laughs> just gonna climb the rungs of these show notes you know what they say john you don't drive a rocket you ride it okay and so that's yep. roderick that don't talk about that show on here <laughs> take that out of your dirty mouth on this show it's more like trying to to avoid a ferret i need all of the head start that i can get because you do that weird sideways running that's incredibly upsetting and i don't i i don't know i don't know where you're gonna go and i don't know what you you're gonna sideways. what you're going to blame me for doing incorrectly or not doing incorrectly I, I had settled into a rhythm where I kind of like the idea, like what we have been doing is we oh, have so this. took my this, bullet out. I was going to use that. We have this big document here and then there's sections. And what we would do is, you know, we have a rough outline of what we're going to do, but we jump from section to section. So you go on the first section. Are we doing anything in this section? Yes, mm-hmm. no, maybe. Then you go to the next section. Are we All doing right, anything I, in this section? I can All have right. the document reflect that. No, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I, anyway, I if you find this useful, then go for it. But I like Fine. the other way. Fine. You want to drive? You want to, you're, you're the good driver here. I mean, we already we already talked about all these things earlier. So and now we know you, we have it written down, so we'll know. Yeah. Well, but like it was like an hour ago. Okay. Um, <sighs> by my account, it looks like it was at one eleven p.m. Yeah, but that's your fake time. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> In my real time, when was it? Uh, probably. <laughs> I see. Now we see the violence inherent in the system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's all yes. Who? Huh? I said King of the Who. I was trying to do the voice. <laughs> King of the Britons. <laughs> um, yes. All right. I look forward to this every week, John. It's nice to be mm-hmm. here. Thank you. Every mm-hmm. other week. Sorry. Mm-hmm. We'll fix it in post. You put in a big thing at the top where you want to uh, thank the members again. How much do we have to thank them really, though? Like, can oh we overthink them? God, do you just not listen to podcasts? Is it, is it, <sighs> have we, is it possible to overthink the members? Do they feel like they've been thanked too much? You're just, you're stepping on all my bits, my bits and my bobs. They're all getting stepped on. You're like my financial dominatrix. All right. Well, you know, who, who do you think you are, Brady? I'm trying to give some structure to this. Forget it. No, that's it. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you prepared so nicely here. I feel like you, you need to do a membership. <laughs> I despise you. (laughs) (sighs) 
I'm setting you up. I'm setting okay. so, like this is this set. is called this is the in band frequency. Okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. speak to you inside the MP3. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the point of this is 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 uh, is two and a half fold. There's always two and a half things with me. Mm. One of them is to to if you're legitimately bronchial, you legitimately mm-hmm. say thank you to the people who 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 did it, and for the folks who haven't, I want to remind you what you get. I'm not doing the part yet. I'm just describing it in bullets like you like. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would want to say to them that when you do become a member for $5 a month or $50 per year, that entitles you to your own private bespoke feed that includes an ad-free uh, version of this program. And then at least once a month, you will receive an episode with bonus content. Now, you ready? This is, this is why I prepare, okay? Mm-hmm. So, so the way I'm able to sell that, right? Get them to sign on the line that is dotted. Mm-hmm. I say, well, if you're wondering, when John is done with me in four hours from now, we're going to finally sit down. We're going to tuck into uh, S3E11. Uh, oh, we'll find out if John did his homework and watched S3E11 of Shark Tank. And uh, if I were going to say, you could, uh, you could become a member right now. We're going to relay.fm.rd. Um, also, this is that time of year when... I almost feel like we need, we really need an FAQ about how this works because it's super confusing. There's also that time of year when we have a uh, thank you to our members month and each Relay podcast does a special episode of some kind or another. And uh, as per usual, as you like to say, uh, this year we'll be uh, having a special guest visit with us and uh, you'll be able to listen to that. And that's really all I wanted to say about that. Oh, and this last bullet is bullet. It says bullet right there. Good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the as yet unannounced special guest. If you are listening to this program and you think you would like to be a special guest, tell us. Oh, tell John. He's at Syracuse. Yeah, you could be the special guest. Right now, it could be you. You could be the guest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you, really, everybody could be the special guest. It's just it wouldn't necessarily be in the feed. Yeah. Well, one person will be on the actual recording, but That's everyone correct. else could, could pretend they were the special guest. Yeah. And uh, if you, if you become a member, you get access to all of the member specials for all the years in the past. We've had lots of cool member specials, lots of interesting people, like the aforementioned John Roderick, Todd Vaziri, Dan McCoy of Flophouse. The DBF, uh, DBF co-hosts. That's right. So and we're working on uh, somebody fun for for this time around. Uh, here, here's I think this is it in a nut. If you're confused about where to get those episodes, like like so many people are, understandably, mm-hmm. once you've signed up through this website, which is called Memberful, you'll have the opportunity uh, hidden inside of a pull down menu is where you can choose to, um, you know, once you've uh, you're a, a member, you can say, hey, I want to get this reconcilable differences thing, and then you get that, and you can just shoot your phone at it, and it sends that to Overcast. It's really cool. Very to my mind, I love the suits. You know, I love the suits, but to my mind, this is extremely unobvious. Also, inside that pull down menu is, I believe, something called Relay Crossover, correct? Mm-hmm. If you pull down the Relay Crossover and say, I want to subscribe to this, that is where you will, to my knowledge, check me on this, have access to every um, member episode special that's come out over the however many years, four, four or five years. Um, and it's, it's all right in there. It is, it's, I think it's kind of confusing. I think they could make that a little clearer, but you will have access to that. So if you want to hear Todd, you know, talk about Star Wars, you can do that. Yep. And it's actually the member specials for all the shows, not just correct. Show. Correct. All. Yeah. Except ours are better organized than Max fun. Dunk. Mm-hmm. So now I want to go ahead and say, I want to thank, thank everybody. No. Okay. So that was that. Thank you. You did it. We yeah. did it enough. Enough member stuff. People don't want to hear about member stuff. Do you like when it's like fun drive on, what is it called? Uh, pledge. Pledge week, pledge month, pledge decade on NPR. Back when mm-hmm. I was in NPR and my commute and it was like pledge drive time. It's just like, oh, this entire commute is just dead now because it's just going to be 
talking about pledge drives for like hours on end. So I like to get it like to get it done quickly. Yeah, and I want to thank the people who brought the bagels. I feel bad for public radio right now. Woof. It's bad for everybody right now. Yeah. Who they, who they have to lay off? They have to, like Nina Totenberg got laid off for something. She like was furloughed, stuff. correct. She's been there since 1975. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean it's 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 sick. You know, here's one here's one teaser for you in, in my bullets of preparation for the Shark Tank. If you hang around as a member and listen to that, you will hear me describe that of the four pitches on the week of Shark Tank that we watched, there's only one of them that could survive <laughs> COVID right now. And it's the weirdest and worst one. Mm. I couldn't help but think that. as I, I just rewatched it again for yeah, a million that's times. The, that's the lens through which we watch everything now. G-O-L-D. Speaking of the lens through which we watch everything, this is called the segue. Mm-hmm. Uh, haircuts. Formerly <laughs> boring thing that no one ever talked about for the past six months. <laughs> suddenly a thing that people talk about all the time. Doesn't make any sense until you realize we are all hiding from germs inside and don't want to be in an enclosed space very close to a person who sees strangers all day long. Um, which is why we're all giving ourselves haircuts with cat clippers and doing all sorts of other things that we talked about in this program. Our had, beloved family is giving us haircuts with cat clippers, but go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, brief bit of you on this for me personally. Uh, last When last we left my hair, it had been cut <laughs> by my wife. And she did a pretty good job. She didn't go too short, which is good because going, you know, getting all, but uh, that also means that it's been growing out. Surprising amount of time has passed, even though time has no meaning now, as we know. Uh, I was just looking at my app. I had like a before and after picture for that haircut. Mm-hmm. So the after picture is, and now your hair is short. Look how short it is. And then I did a before picture before my m- most recent haircut. And it's amazing how much your hair grows in such a short time. And then you look at the calendar. And- I was totally blown away with, because when you showed me your, your original after picture, well, first there was you looking like a founding father, which I thought was pretty boss. And then there was uh, your lady friend uh, gave you gave you that haircut. I thought that looked like your classic haircut. But now with what you're about to describe, you're, you're I mean, d- did that haircut feel long to you when you got it? It felt longer than I normally get, but it, it like it grew like it was time passed. Time passed. Hair grows. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. To everything, there's a season. Children get older. I'm getting older too. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. Not, anyway, <laughs> um, so but the real issue here Mirror is the sky. What is love? Yeah. the 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 real issue here is that yeah, this happened to me. Uh, but my daughter's been cutting her own hair. She's got all one like very long hair, and she's just been cutting the ends off on her own because no one could tell her what to do about anything. So she's whatever. My son has not had a haircut in forever, and his hair. I really I should have taken way more pictures. He's getting John Ralphio hair, right? Yeah, but it, it was. It was, it was out of control, right? Yeah. Like, I don't I felt like one of those shaggy dogs that can't see anymore and you feel bad for them, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what he was like. Um, and my wife uh, was kind of hankering for haircut too. So for the longest time, she's been lobbying to, let's just, let's just go get our haircut. Let's just go. And I'm like, no, like that's, the, again, the last thing you want to do is be up close and personal with someone who spends all day being up close and personal with, with random strangers, you know, one after the other, right? But my, I lo- eventually lost my battle with that. Because she she eventually found a thing that I was willing to accept, which is okay. What if we have someone come here, and they give us outdoor haircuts, and we all wear masks? Then is it acceptable? So I I mean I don't like it, but eventually I would. That's that's the compromise I was sort of railroaded into. So the entire family got outdoor haircuts. And the only reason I bring this up at all is 
you know, mild upside for my hair. My, my, you know, my hair, my hair is now cut by a professional. It's uh, it's shorter than it was before because the professional can make it shorter without screwing up because they're a professional. It's exciting that my son finally got his hair cut because it was seriously out of control. And now it is only mildly out of control because he always likes his hair long. Everybody got the haircut. Uh, we did it. Uh, the reason I bring it up is we did it uh, outside in our, in our backyard. And we did this. When we did the home haircuts indoors, when I got my haircut indoors, we used like a, a painting drop cloth. Like mm-hmm. we just had a big drop cloth for painting, like a very large thing. You know, just I figured to make clean up easier. Uh, and I made a mistake. That was a mistake to do that because our drop cloth is like a canvas drop cloth. Right, so it for stick, painting. sticks to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happened so, with our towels. <laughs> yeah, I made that mistake and I was like, well, whatever. But now we have the haircutting person coming and we're going to do it outdoors. But I knew how much hair was going to be coming off my family and I didn't want it just blowing around the yard like tumbleweed. So I did <laughs> want to catch it with something, but I didn't have any better alternatives. Like really, it should have been like a slippery plastic or something like that where I could just sweep it, right? Yeah. That would have been the right thing to do. But I didn't have time to order one. I didn't have any tarps. In that. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to use the drop cloth again because it's already destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. And so I used the drop cloth again. We set it up and we had four people get their hair cut there. And I did my best to like vacuum up the small dog and cat size, literal tumbleweeds of hair. Like I'd look at it from the from the kitchen window and I'd see like this ball of hair slowly accumulating and rolling as the wind blew it because it was kind of a breezy day. But yeah, that that drop cloth is now just dead. Like I don't I don't understand what I could possibly do to it to get all the hair off it. Like every inch of it is covered with millions and millions of fine hairs. So I feel like we're just probably going to have to I don't know, like that's just going to be the hair drop cloth from now on. But just (laughs) a word to the wise, if you are thinking of doing home haircuts or inviting someone to do a haircut, do not use a canvas drop cloth to catch the hair because you are basically just saying goodbye to that drop cloth. Really terrible. (sighs) I mean, I got out the shop vac, but then the shop vac pulls up on the things. So you try to pull it taut so it won't pull up on it, but then the hair just doesn't come off. Like maybe a sticky roller over the whole thing. I'm certainly not putting in. A- You'd have to helmac it. Also, it's really loud with the shop vac on. It is. It was um, loud. I went to urinate probably late last week, as I do. And there Once was. a week, whether you need it or not. That's <laughs> just like grandma used to say. There was probably four and a half inches of hair in the bathroom waste paper basket. And um, my my lady just had reached the end of her rope. Um, her and my kid, yeah, I don't know, you know, it, it's one of those things where what do you dare God by making plans? So they had had an appointment with their usual operator for a month or so after, after the operator said, okay, I'll be coming back in July. And, uh, and then they got a text. It's like, no, nope, can't do it. Like, we're locked down again. No good. So, you know, my kid's hair... Is, has been cat clippered. My hair has been cat clippered. I mean, my poor wife, I mean, her hair was so long, it was driving her nuts. And she finally had this like mad woman in the attic morning where she was like, that's it. I'm done. I, I'm going to take my chances. It looks really good, but like I, I'm amazed she pulled it off as well as she did. I think that's fortunately it's long enough that, you know, it's not like trying to trim the back of my hair. Like for her, you know, I guess there's there's ways. It looks really good, but it was very upsetting to see that much hair. Didn't like it. You didn't volunteer to do that for her? I didn't volunteer. She didn't ask. Hmm. So it really worked out for everybody. Yeah. Anyway, I I, like, I would rather have still skipped it, but now everybody is shorn and hopefully we all didn't catch anything from anybody. You'll be fine. Being outdoors helps, I think, especially because it was breezy and everyone's wearing masks. So I feel like we're doing the best we can, but obviously better would be no haircuts at all. 
This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting burrow.com slash diffs. Oh, summer, you know it's all about relaxation, whether that means going on vacation or just laying around with a good book. But this summer, a lot of us have had to postpone our travel plans. So make your at-home staycation as relaxing as possible. Lay out on a comfy new sofa from Burrow. Burrow sofas, they're practical and versatile. You can assemble your sofa in minutes by yourself with no tools. You can add or remove seats as needed. You can convert a love seat into a sofa, into a sectional, and back again. This could be a whole new hobby for you. Just, you know, pimping your burrow. They can just have that. They offer unique features that you won't find in big box furniture store sofas or even other sofas that you can get online. They have built-in USB chargers so your phone doesn't die as you lounge. And it has durable fabric that's naturally scratch and stain resistant. Burrow is now more customizable than ever. You can pick your fabric color, leg finish, armrest, style, and length. You can even add a chaise lounge or an ottoman or both. I personally have added an ottoman to ours. It makes me very happy. And there are actually over 23,000 ways to customize your burrow. That's a lot of ways. It's more than sofas. Burrow makes it easy to create a cohesive, stylish space with practical pieces designed to go together. And their genius sleep kit transforms your comfy sofa into an even comfier bed. I should really look into that because I love laying down. Plus, Burrow offers a collection of affordable rugs, coffee tables, wall shelves, love seats, armchairs, ottomans, and more. And you always get free one-week shipping and zero-interest financing. You know, I bought a Burrow for our family before they were even a sponsor. Bought it with my own money, carried up the boxes, put it together, took the boxes down, and never looked back. I love our Burrow sofa, and uh, I spend a lot of time on it. You know, uh, I'm, I'm a lazy man, and, and, I, and I like my Burrow. What can I say? But what about you? Huh? Huh? How about getting $75 off your uh, Burrow purchase? Plus, you're going to get that fast and free shipping. Just go to burrow.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. Check out the site for details. B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash diffs for $75 off. Not too shabby. Our thanks to Burrow for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. I want to propose a new uh, three-minute segment based on a text that I'm now, I'm forgetting that you had sent that uh, I want to call out. Um, this is a new segment of our show. Um, it never takes more than 30 minutes. Um, it's called, uh, is he English? And this is a new segment where we each uh, name somebody new that we were surprised to learn is English. Tell everyone yours. You don't want to go with secret Brit? I feel like that's so much catchier. My secret Brit of your because it was the first thing I ever saw him. And I've got a lot of these. Now, as you know about me, John Syracuse, I spent all of my time asking my wife when we're watching TV, almost all of my time asking either what else was she in or is he English? Mm-hmm. And so my, my, my first, not my first, but one of my big secret Brits, because I'd seen probably two seasons, three seasons of this, uh, Idris Elba. I was very surprised to find out he was English. Yeah, that was that's kind of the origin of my secret Brit obsession is The Wire because I watched all The Wire not knowing anything, and then you get done with it. Boy, what a great TV show! Carsetti, Littlefinger. I mean, and then you find out like every single person on the show is pretty. It's like, yeah, how can that be? And that's that's Idris Elba and you know McNulty and just like everybody's yeah, yeah, freaking British. It's out of control. Anyway. Now, I have to tell you, before you announce this, I'm not doing that that uh, that uh, feign surprise thing we agree we're not going to do in development. Uh, this mm-hmm. is not feign surprise. I was actually kind of legit surprised 
that, that you you didn't know this. Uh, also, here here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, one of the great things about getting older is I may have had the same shocking and upsetting revelation already in my past and forgotten about it. I do that. That's, en- that's entirely possible. You know, in a couple of years, we'll have the same conversation again on this podcast. And who will know? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, yes, this this secret. But so I boy, this this is kind of like I feel like I'm like one step behind. I'm one step behind the curve on the, like the zeitgeist. Uh, yeah, on the on my, in my movie watching thing, which in, in some ways is working as designed. Like I I use Letterboxd and follow people because I see them watch weird movies and I and you know I see what they think of them and I'm like oh I think I might like that too. That's how I discover movies otherwise I wouldn't know about right. And then I watch them later. So obviously I have to be one step behind those people that I'm following because that's where I'm getting the ideas for the movies I want to watch from, right? Yeah. And I I realized how carefully I was following them. Was at one point. I don't, you know, I don't, it doesn't, it's not important to me to, to, for me to remember where I see things. I just add them to my watch list. So I don't, once they're added, like I have no idea where they came from. So there was a thing on my watch list called a movie called The Assistant, which uh, I added because someone recommended it. Who knows, you know, recommended someone, someone had watched it who I follow on Letterboxd and I looked at it. I'm like, I'll check that out. Uh, partly because of the people who watched it, whoever it was, but also because it's the, the star is the, what was it? Uh, she was in the Americans as the teenage uh teenager who wanted to get it on with the male lead but she was just a teenager i don't mm. know if you saw the americans anyway she's been in a bunch of things i forgot what she's been in, but i always like that actor so she was the lead in this and it looked like kind of the movie a movie that i would kind of like it's just like a, a 24-hour day in the life of an assistant in yeah typical, yeah on your suggestion i added it to my uh to my pile yeah it's 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 definitely not for everybody it's a it's kind of a a, a vibe a mood uh artsy fartsy movie but i kind of like movies like that so i watched this uh in it was uh an actor who i know as tom from succession just i'm sure i've seen this actor in other things before but as far as i'm you know like as far as my mind is concerned that's tom from succession because what a great character on that show right Mm -hmm. and he's in this movie doing a similar thing which i thought oh they must have seen him in succession and say hey you can come in this movie and do that thing but as it turns out the person who cast him in this had never seen succession when he was cast in this role according to an interview with her anyway. So weird there, right? Tom from Succession. Yep. Great character. Dorky guy. Secret Brit. Secret, Secret Brit. Brit. He's barely even hiding it. And, and I mentioned to you when I was not feigning surprise that uh, somewhere on my Plex, I have him in, um, he's Mr. Darcy in one of the, sense, maybe the Kieran Knightley one? Sense and Sensibilities? Yeah. Senses and Sensibility. Uh, I, blo- I felt like I blocked that one out. Um hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I, I've probably seen him in other things. And I think just if they, because they, it, like, as far as I'm concerned, you're a new person when you're talking in a different way. It's like, I've never seen you before. I might have saw, seen someone who looked like you, maybe a little bit younger with a British accent, but that's not you. Mm-hmm. The, you know, you're Tom from Succession and you're an American. Ugh, secret Brit. I think Matthew, Matthew Rees, is that his name? The guy from the Americans? I think he's Welsh. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, I forget. And that's the thing. I had totally forgotten about that until you just said it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember being angry about that, too. I'm yeah. angry when they fool me, right? They fool Cause, me, Jerry. Because, you know, you said, like, well, couldn't you yeah. tell they have such a weird, like, McNulty's, McNulty's accent is so weird. McNulty is, I mean, he got better, but that that first episode, hey, I'm rolling bones with Snot Buggy. I do a terrible impression of him, right. but it's right. really But bad. here's the thing. He's, I was like, oh, well, he's trying to do, like, a Baltimore cop accent, and he's not doing a good job. But it never occurred to me. It's like, no, he's British. He's yeah. trying to do an American accent and then trying to do, you know, 
Baltimore cop, like whatever. Like it just, and same thing with Tom. Like that guy talks kind of funny, but he talks like Tom from Succession. But no, he's British. Anyway, I've recommended this many Full times in many places, but I, I'm, I, I just, I really like this guy, and I like his deal. There's this guy named Eric Singer, Eric with the K Singer, and uh, you may have come across him on YouTube. Um, doing uh accent breakdowns so he's Mm -hmm. a linguist and i think an accent coach and i i think he's totally charming and but also like he gets a little bit in the weeds about the like physiology of how pronunciation works like to go and explain like there's a really good one where it's all people doing different united states presidents and going into like you know what what i like and don't like about greg kinnear's jfk you know as you like to say because it's hard um but uh, he's really charming, and uh, they're really good. There's there's one that's just about artificial. What do I call it? Not um, you know fake languages like the Thraki and stuff like that. Um, there's there's one. Uh, the classic, I guess, is movie accent expert breaks down thirty two actors' accents. I'll add that to notes. But um, this is uh, this is really my jam. I think he's. Do you, have you seen his videos? Seen a million of them. Yep, I love mm-hmm. that guy. Million punks. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I just to finish up my being yes. a step behind thing. Um, so when I was reading, you know, I watched The Assistant and then I was reading an article about it. It was like an interview with the director, right? And the director was saying that one of the things that inspired her to make this movie was a movie that she saw in film school, a French movie from 1975 called Jeannie Dielman, 23, who lives at whatever, whatever. It's a very long title. Yep. Uh, but it, and it's all in French. It's a very unusual movie. And I had just watched that as well. Oh, you're kidding. And I'm did like, you watch it on my Plex or Criterion? No, on my Plex. Oh, you did that? Yeah. No, like I, I had, and and I was like, wait a second, what? That's that's too much of a coincidence. And I realized it's just the people I'm following are following the same breadcrumb trail. Like they would watch the assistant, then read the interview with with the director, oh. then find out about this other movie, then watch that. And I'm doing the same thing one step yes, behind them. It's somewhere between E.O. Wilson's Ants and the Tween Whisper Network. You don't realize you don't realize you're you're following a trail, right? And it's, the thing is, it's because the trail isn't important. I just I'm harvesting good movie recommendations, but never committing to memory. Who? It's kind of like that. The what's his name? Eric Eric Spiegelman. What's the accent guy? What's his name again? Already forgotten. Eric Singer. Right. I bet I first started watching it, those Eric Singer things because you suggested one to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Or maybe it, like or maybe the algorithm suggested it. From, I just want to be remembered for this one thing. Yeah, or maybe the algorithm suggested them because we've all watched the uh, the the, the Batman, the Michael Caine, uh, you know, those two <laughs> accent guys, right? Which yes. is more of a comedy thing. <laughs> You're supposed yeah. to blow the bloody doors off. Yeah, but yeah. but for, anyway, for a second I saw the Matrix and I'm like, this is no coincidence. <laughs> yeah, I occasionally, I mean, you know, I do most of my YouTube watching. I watch some YouTube during the day, but it's mainly a nighttime thing. I'm watching Teppanyaki videos, but I um I do periodically have to go in on a web browser and like clean things up a little bit. Of course, today, as we record this uh, Tuesday, July 28th, I was interested to see (laughs) the video of the doctor, uh, quote unquote doctor slash minister who says, uh, that like cysts and endometriosis are caused by having sex with the demon in your dreams. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I was like, you know, there's not enough incognito window in the world to keep me safe. (laughs) I, I don't, I don't want my recos being, ruined by this particular doctor slash minister so yeah i'll go in i'll go in and like i you know it's this is not 
simple to do on Apple TV. I don't know if you even can. But, you know, on the website, I always have to look it up each time about how to say, like, stop recommending this or whatever. But, yeah, I feel like I've been actually really, really fortunate, by and large, partly because they have excellent taste, um, but also because, like, I, maybe because I'm not a kid, I don't know. I do not get the amount of Nazi stuff that other people get. Yeah, you have to actually pursue that to get down to the bottom of that hole. I don't know if that's true. I thought the I thought the rap on that was that you start off with something very innocuous and the algorithm, without ever intending to, leads you to harder and harder stuff. I'll tell you where there was an example of that. Right, but but you but you have to follow those. You have to click on them. Okay, yeah, true, true. I got that with the first time I looked up uh, Russian uh, dashboard cam videos. Mm. And it wasn't more than probably four or five videos in, which, let's be honest, was really plenty enough to really get into like, okay, here's like 16 people dying on motorcycles. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. This is not wholesome. But you were, I mean, you say four or five videos in, I don't, do you roll in the mode where it just starts playing the next video or do you have to click? Well, on my computer machine, I turn off autoplay, autoplay every time it turns back on. But I think, again, I guess there's a way to turn that off on Apple TV. But given how often I wake up at five in the morning and there's more teppanyaki videos playing, I think it must be on the TV. I've never had it on on any of my devices, and it hasn't turned itself on either. So whatever, oh, really? I don't even know where the setting is anywhere. But it, it does. Yeah, I always have to click to play the next video. There is, stuff like that is so wild to me. I mean, like there was the trick that finally, I, don't, I guess this is official, but Netflix finally made it so that you could turn off the audio and mm-hmm. animated video when you mouse yeah. over. But you have to go to the website to do that. You can't do. I don't think you can do that from an app on a connected device. I think you have to go to the website to say, please opt me out of this. That's the worst. What a, what a terrible idea yeah. that is. Yeah, no, I'm just glad I'm not plagued by the turning back on autoplay. Like, Yeah, no, that's good. It's very good. Yeah, I, just don't, I don't want to jinx it now. Did you see Alan Seppenwall's piece that everybody was linking to about the problems with um, the UX on uh, streaming apps? Yeah, but uh, my... My, he got to a lot of problems with my specific pet peeve that I'm always hammering on as the player itself because that's where I spend all my time. I grit, I grit my teeth. Yeah, Snell, Snell talked about that. Snell, Snell specifically did talk about that, and I agree. I mean, the nadir for that, as I've mentioned before, is the Broadway, whatever it's called, Broadway.com or Broadway Now or whatever, where their scrubber doesn't scrub. It just, you basically, you can choose to grab it. You can grab the thumb, scroll, write, drop, and then wait. And it's, it's, I don't know if it's like a slow CDN or something, but it's, it, it's uh, Jason Snell. I, I, I'll see if I can find it for, for notes. But Jason, I think, specifically said, you know, Apple's done a pretty good player <laughs> that ships mm. right in Apple TV. Like, why do you need to invent the wheel for this stuff? I guess partly because pe- so people like Hulu can make sure you don't skip commercials and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I had a tweet a couple of days ago with sort of my minimum requirements for player and the only app that i regularly use that meets them is the hbo player and 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 it's minimum like i'm not saying oh the hbo player is great everyone should copy it i'm like this is the bare minimum like getting into the more features that i features that i think they should all have but don't like the gravy features yeah maybe i'm the only one and i'm not, i can't possibly be the only one who does this right frame by frame Oh, yeah. I, I mean, there's, I so much, myself... there's so much stuff that I could do on a TiVo in 2001 that I can't do now. Right. Inclu- my, daughter, my daughter thinks that my daughter refuses to use SIRI on the Apple TV, which makes me insane. So last night, I, I blew her mind by saying, show me movies with Sam Rockwell. 
just the good ones. And she's like, I had no idea you can do that. I was like, of course, because you think it's you think mm-hmm. it's cool to use the diving board to mm-hmm. to smash your meat fingers around. But uh, I'm adding this as a topic, a Minai topic, which is uh, streaming app feature requests. Yeah. It's it really it really is so and here's one this is gonna go I'm gonna here's a teaser for the future episode streaming app feature request. Well, there's a lot in the Apple TV TV app that makes me crazy. Um, and one of them is that they've made they've further obfuscated other places to watch this. You've now got to like officially like scroll down most of the time and click on open in. Okay, tonight we hit the dingus by mutual assent. We all agreed, yay for the uh, Emmys. We're all excited for unorthodox, which we all love. Like let's rewatch Unorthodox. So I, I called it up, and and I hit the thing, and I still had to click on and open in Netflix. And Netflix was, of course, the only option. My big one is, and I think we, I know we talked about this. Is like if I am at the end of a movie. If I was at the end of a movie three years ago when I stopped watching it, I mean Netflix has a resume or play from beginning for every piece of media. It drives me bananas that, back to the spoilers, John, I want to show my kid this freaking movie and I don't want it to be spoiled by the last frame that I was on three years ago. And there's no way, you have to click resume and then manually scrub all the way back to the beginning. It's mental. Or I could just decide if it was three years ago, give up and pretend, you know, don't let them resume from that thought three years ago. I would be fine with, I would actually, I would actually prefer that. Hulu is better at that, at that, I think. Than Apple TV. Hulu does get confused because we jump around sometimes on stuff like 30 Rock. Like we'll decide we want to do a deep dive on season seven, then jump back to four. I can understand why it doesn't know what resume means in the larger picture of things. But Apple, dude, you guys made the app. Anyway, streaming app feature requests added. Yeah. And the one, the one, uh, one I'll drop here is the one I mentioned before is uh, frame by frame. Uh, and I like sometimes someone reads a note on a piece of paper in, in a mystery show. Yeah. And it's on screen long enough that you think you could read it, but you missed it. Have fun trying to get that thing back on the frame and paused, especially on iOS, where they all do the thing where the first tap is just to get the controls to show. And the second tap is to actually use the control. But the uh, controls are going to go away in a second yeah. or two. So you have to get them to be visible. And just as you're about to hit pause, oh, the controls just went away. And all you do is make the controls appear. And now you're past it. But you can jump back by 30 seconds. And then you fumble and you hit the wrong thing. And now you're on the home screen. You can jump back by 30 seconds and have fun waiting for 28 seconds to get to the part you wanted to get. Okay, ready to get the controls active wait and then when do i get them active wait then when i sometimes i get them active i do pause play pause play i know frame by frame, it's, 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 frame it's totally by, insane it's a huge yes. screen you have all this place for this ui to be it can be a gesture it can be a button it can be like literally anything especially when it's letterbox and these big black regions on top and the bottom that's a perfect place to put controls yeah you got a, got a whole big screen we we um we do a thing in our family i encourage everyone to do this a fun family game is when you call out uh, a boom like a boom mic in frame or some other anomaly of production. So two nights ago, probably you're watching Veronica Mars as you do. And there were some like what appeared to be hairs or fibers, um, like on the lens where you could see this weird, like squiggly thing. That show's so weird looking to begin with. And all I wanted to do was go back like five seconds. It took me three tries. I ended up on the homepage and my kid laughed at me. I don't need any more of that, John. I get enough yeah, of that try, already. Yeah, try using that freaking diving board to find where the left <laughs> click is. No, no, you, you got to press on the left side of the diving board. What do you mean the left side of the diving board? Well, just press really hard on the left edge and probably it'll bend in the right direction. Good luck. Yeah. I hate it. Hate it. I hate the remote. 
This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Eero. You can learn more about Eero right now by visiting eero.com slash diffs. You know, uh, spotty Wi-Fi? Spotty Wi-Fi is the worst. It's almost worse than no Wi-Fi. Do not like spotty Wi-Fi. It is so frustrating. It works a little. It doesn't work. It can be very acrobatic just trying to get your devices to work. But Eero is Wi-Fi that your home deserves because you need fast, reliable Wi-Fi wherever and whenever you need it. You deserve it. You know, treat yourself to, to the Euro. Euro blankets your whole home with the Wi-Fi reliability that you want, eliminating poor coverage, dead spots, and buffering. With Eero, you'll have a consistently strong signal wherever you need it to be. And for a limited time, Eero's mesh Wi-Fi system starts at just $79. That's nuts. So now is the time to upgrade. Eero sets up in just a few minutes. It plugs right into your modem or your router box. You manage everything from a dead simple app which even lets you pause the Wi-Fi for dinner and alerts you if a new device attempts to join your network. Now, calling it dead simple, it is. It's very it's very simple, but it's also extremely sophisticated. This app, you know, they can't pay me to say this. It's probably my favorite app that I use for controlling a piece of hardware right now. It's very, very thoughtfully made. Uh, they've clearly put a lot of care into it, and there's just, oh, it's chock-a-block with great features and Eero just works, man. We've got four of their beacons around the house, and we're swathed in beautiful, uh, you know, beautiful Wi-Fi. It's everywhere, you know? It, it's coming through the walls, you know what I'm saying? Everywhere you want to be. With Eero, there'll be no more Netflix buffering in the bedroom, no more complaints of Xboxes with a bad signal, no more worrying that your security camera will be offline, and hey, no more stuttering video on your conference calls. Need that now more than ever. Eero has fixed a lot of people's Wi-Fi woes. Let it fix yours, too. You can have this fix as soon as tomorrow. If you go to eero.com slash diffs, that's D-I-F-F-S, enter the offer code diffs at checkout, and that's going to get you free overnight shipping with your order. One more time, eero.com slash diffs, offer code diffs at checkout, and get your Eero delivered with free overnight shipping. They get my official okie dokie. Eero.com slash diffs. Our thanks to Eero for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Main topic. Moving on. Or just a mind eye. This is kind there's of a no, mind There's no main topics. I want to get you off of the main topic mindset for the show. Hmm. I want you to just see. We got to restructure a, this. We got we to really do something with this document. I think we need to strip it all the way down. Next no, episode. No, we don't. No, the doc, document okay. is fine. You can the accept the document the, the way it is. The structure would but, be valuable for you. You're, you're like a Montessori kindergartner. I think. No. I think, no. Yeah. No. We got to get your blocks in a way that you can understand. You just need to relax and let the show happen. Whoa. The way it's going to happen. Wow. Okay. So we can know that there are things that are broken up in different sections, but we, but no one else needs to know that. Mm. This document is just for us. Mm. It's our special place. When you put it that way, it's kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. This started, this this query, to answer your question, uh, they're written down for me. Mm-hmm. I, um, I do a thing. I Actually, I'm doing this much less now, now that I got my Synology. Oh, by the way, I just ordered a butt ton of RAM. I went 32 gigs. I'm so excited. About time around for what? Uh, Synology. Oh, adding RAM to your Synology? What does it need RAM for? Well, I'm at, I've got a 1618 plus and DS 1618 plus. And it's um, like just looking at the, the performance uh, widget, it's pretty much always, no matter what, at 50% RAM. And uh, it's, so I think it's got four gigs. So I just got 32 gigs that arrives sometime in August. I'm very excited about that. 
But 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 the point is, the, the point of the story is that I was doing a thing for a while that I think I've told you about, the most crazy, like dumb sneaker net thing you've ever heard in your life. I'll make this short. Which is that, um, so I realized, I think I feel like I learned this from you, which is like, whoa, there's a really big difference between streaming anything through a service versus watching it on physical media, or in my case, a hard drive. And so I got some of these cheapy, like $140, eight terabyte, probably WDs, uh, ex, you know, external drives. And I got a couple, three of these, and I rotate them out with new media on it. And I take it to the house, and I bring the other one, you know, sort of like an offsite rotation, similar thing. But what do we do? This is so annoying. But I was doing this thing for a while. I didn't feel like automating it. It seemed like too much trouble. And all I wanted to do was open this folder of movies and open all of these kind of sibling folders. So let's say I've got drives A, B, and C, right? So over here, I've got my Plex uh, folder. Oh, Synology. Over here, I've got, you know, drive A slash media slash movies. And I want movies, so I have aliases for all of those. Let me pop those open. And you can see where I'm going with this. All I wanted was an easy way to drag four or five movies into like three locations without the windows overlapping. I wanted them always to be in the same place, which seems like such a simple thing. And as I was kind of struggling with this and tried three or four different utilities, of course, this made me think of John Syracuse and your concerns about Windows. So the uh, the formerly Minai topic, now just words here in this document that we need to fix, is uh, I want to talk to you about the state of modern Mac window management. And uh, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that. See, there's a difference between Mac state of Mac window management and what you're talking about, which is the Finder, which has its own unique set of problems on top of the regular problems um mm-hmm. and i've talked about this for many years i wrote an article about it a long time ago i've never been satisfied with my ability to communicate what the hell i'm talking about because i start talking about it, people's eyes just glaze over one because i'm not interested sure yeah especially when you start talking about spatial finder i think people get including me get very confused right right uh, you know part of it is because they're not interested but part of it is also that i'm failing to communicate like there's two parts of that obviously can people can be bored by it, but i think even people who have an interest in it don't quite get it so i always felt like I mean, certainly that first big long article I wrote, like nobody understood, but that's that's my bad, right? That's the first attempt. But over the years, as I've tried to explain it more and more, it's like just I can explain it in simple terms so people can sort of mimic and 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 like you know, so people can can recite the rules, but I feel like people aren't understanding. Anyway, with with your I'll try again with you specifically. You've heard me talk about it a million times. But like the whole deal with the finder is when you're talking mm-hmm. about, I just want to have this window over here and this window over there. And I just want them to be the way I want them. And I want, and I want you know, to remember me setting them up that way. Right. It's like a, the disconnect is you think, you know, those windows that you're talking about. It's like a side window and that window. I want them to be like this. And I want them to be like this size. And I want them to be in this place. And I just want it to stay like that. But that's your the sort of the user model. What's in your head of like how you want it to be, like how mm-hmm. you're imagining this program works. But the actual model in the program is like, what do you mean that window? Like that means like how internally in the program would I would identify would I identify that window and therefore save the state about it? Save like, oh, you made it this big. But they're like, how should I save that? Right. Like just conceptually, not like physically, like, oh, you got to use this format or put it in this file. You're speaking in the voice of the Macintosh computer here. How would I know? Well, let, let, let me just let me just rubber meets the road here. Uh, as our listeners may know, as I certainly know, every time we begin a Skype call and I open up Skype and I wait for call recorder to start, 
the the little the call recorder window or whatever that called the little thing is always mostly in the same place but the little small window with your little link in it always decides that it wants to be in the near the upper right hand corner of my screen every single time I grab it and pull it to a different spot because why in the hell would I want it up there is is that are, are we talking kind of about the same thing when we talk about that so that's a good example because within the context of the Skype application if the Skype application was to ask out loud that same question well how am i supposed to know what window you're talking about and you would say skype application there's only ever one of these windows you just have a window that shows the little icon and has the mute button and the little hang up button like we all know the window we're talking about but there's only ever one of there's either zero of them or one of them Mm -hmm. zero when you're not on a call one right so internally in skype it's like you must have a way to identify this window it is literally unique (laughs) <laughs> there's no well it's there's a, i no, mean i mean it's, but is, i don't know i don't know i don't know from programming but i know there's things like you get the views and the controllers and things and i know that like there's this kind of window that does this kind of thing even if this is the john syracusa wind version of that window i want it to be treated the same way as the john roderick version of this window or the alex cox version of that window whatever you call that skype that's I would like you to remember that this is where I want this to go. Right, but the most salient point is that there's only ever one of them, and even if it was like oh, I make a new one of those every time for each call, like there's still just only one of them. So internally, internally, Skype has already had already has a way to keep track of this window because if it didn't, it couldn't create it and destroy it all the time. It it's just literally one unique window, right? So there's no excuse other than just them not caring for Skype not to keep track of where you put that window. It's just a bug, like it's a bug or a missing feature. Like they, maybe they think it, didn't think it was important to remember that where that window is. Now all of us are doomed forever to keep repositioning it, right? But internally, like conceptually, there's no difficulty. You could describe what window that is to a person, and they would understand. And the Skype application already knows what window that is. It it knows it is a unique window. Finder, on the other hand, when you're looking at these windows that you've arranged just so, right? Finder really has no way in the abstract to know what the hell window you're talking about if once you close it, right? Like, because if, if you just leave it on the screen, oh. you can say, look, 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 I've, I've, I put these windows on the screen and I'm just never going to close them, so just don't move them, right? But of mm-hmm. course, when you restart your computer or if you relaunch the Finder, the window does go away. So there has to be some kind of state. But if I keep, if like in my case, if I keep hitting Command-N in the Finder, I get multiple... I don't know what the correct word for it is, but I'll just keep getting new versions of my desktop folder opening up at the same size. All right. So the problem is that uh, Finder is is of two minds about how to identify and track windows. Uh, and, it, you know, so, so what, mind divided against itself cannot stand. Let me just mix all these metaphors. Sure. Sayings together, right. It, you can't it can't have it both ways. Um Let's take an easier example, something like a web browser that we all understand and deal with. In a web browser, you can make new browser windows, new tabs all day long. And the way you think about it and the way most web browsers think about it, those models match. You're like, look, I'm just making new browser windows. I can have zero browser windows. I can have 100. Same thing with the tabs. I just put them where I want them. Most web, most web browsers have a way where you, if you quit the web browser, it'll come back and bring them up the same windows in the same place. We're all on the same page. Look, I can just make as many as they want. They're browser windows. In a, in a single window, I can just load a different web page, then a different web page, same window. And I just keep loading different web pages. I click on links, I do things. Same thing with tabs. I can add a tab to this window. It's just all, those windows are just browser windows. And there's never any confusion about like, 
you would say like, I always want my Gmail window to be this size in this position. It's like, oh, well, you mean you're going to take a browser window, you're going to make it that size and put it in that position, then you're going to load Gmail into it. But guess what? If you go into that window and the address bar and type in apple.com, you'll be like, oh, why didn't the browser remember my Gmail window? So you just, you just went to Apple in that window. Mm-hmm. No one is confused by that. Everyone just knows that's the deal. They're browser windows. Each one of those windows is like a little device through which you can see any web page. Yeah, I mean, no more than you have a reserved seat on public transit in some ways. I mean, it's going to be used for different things. It's a container for web things. Yeah, like I keep choosing the same analogy, which doesn't work, so I should probably find another one. But it's like it's like a thing you have strapped to your face, like a, like a frame, like a big, a big ornate picture frame that you just slap on the front of your glasses, right? And it, I look through the world through this frame. That frame is your browser, and you can look at the tree, and you can look at a house, and you can look at your car, and you're just looking through that particular browser window frame. If you take off that frame and slap on a different frame, now I'm looking at something, and like every one of your browser windows is just a hole through which you can view any part of the web. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can have 50 of those frames, 50 of these browser windows, 50. That's why I always thought Chrome was such a brilliant name for their browser, because their idea was like, this is just the Chrome around the thing that is the web. It's just a frame. And inside the frame, you can load anything on the web and we can have as many of those frames as you want. And the frames can have tabs and it's more complicated. But everybody understands that model, including Chrome. Chrome understands it, which is why you can reliably quit Chrome and then relaunch it. And if you have this preference set, it'll just bring back all your browser windows exactly the same size as they were before all your tabs and all of them and every single tab and every single browser window will be, will be loading the page that it was loading last time. Plus or minus form submissions and other idiosyncrasies of the web. Right. But setting that aside, that mental model works. That is the browser model of window identification. The windows are not identified by the, by the website they're showing. They're just windows. It doesn't matter what website they're showing in it. If you make a window big and tall or wide and short or stick it into place, it just stays there and you can load web page after web page in that same window. And it's like the window's like, I'm not moving anywhere. I don't care what, if you load a different website, the, the window doesn't only move somewhere else, right? It just stays there. It's a browser window. Mm-hmm. Finder can work like that sort of sometimes. When you have the sidebar visible, when you have a toolbar visible, those are kind of like browser windows, right? Mm-hmm. So if you make two windows with sidebars and toolbars visible, Right. And they're both browser windows. You think it's just like Safari. I just made two Safari windows and one of them I loaded my Synology and the one on the right I loaded my whatever thing, right? And you're like, look, Finder, they're just browser windows. We're all on the same page here. You're just like Safari. I'm using you like Safari. Why don't you just keep them there, right? Mm -hmm. If you never close them, Finder for the most part, and you don't restart your computer, should do that. Even if you restart your computer, you might have a fighting chance. But the reason things get confused is Finder's like, yeah, I sort of work like that sometimes. Like certainly within a single window, you can navigate through the sidebar and you could double click folders and navigate different. But look, I'm just a browser, right? But I'm browsing the file system instead of the web. We're all on the same page. But Finder has this other mode where if you, <laughs> oh God, it's hard to even explain. Explain If you hide the toolbar in the sidebar, mm-hmm. suddenly this window is some different thing, right? It's no mm-hmm. longer a browser because now when you double click a folder, it opens a new window. In this mode, which is more like the old Finder mode, each window more or less corresponds to the folder that it's showing you, which is why when you double-click a folder, it opens another window, and here's the window for that folder. And in that mode, you can do things like, I want my application folder to be an icon view with 64 by 64 icons with this much spacing, Mm -hmm. right? And I want it to be in this size, in this position, and blah, blah, blah. 
This is in the sort of the non-browser mode where there's no sidebar, no toolbar. And you can take your application window and you can make it just so. Like there. That's how big my application window it is. This is the icons are the way I want. I've got the, the Chrome and stuff that I do or don't want. And the one for me that I, I, I need to find out how to fix is like, how do I tell it when I'm in command one mode, always wrap to whatever the width of the window is. Well, yeah, that's, that is a separate issue. But, but, and, and the Chrome is also a thing too, because you realize the Chrome is what indicates to the finder whether you're in browser mode in, or non-browser mode. Okay. So when you're setting your application window just so, you can't have that Chrome there. Because if the Chrome is there, it's like you saying, oh, I'm setting apple.com to be just so. And you <laughs> taking a browser window with apple.com in it and making it really small and sticking it in the upper right, then you're mm-hmm. like, there. And then you close that window. And then you go to apple.com in another browser window. You're like, wait a second. Why isn't it small in the upper right? It's like, well, you just used a different browser window. That's not how the model works. So mm. again, if you get out of browser mode and manipulate that window and then close it, sometimes when you reopen the application folder, it will open in that non-browser window the way you had previously arranged it. Okay. But other times, it will just open a new browser window showing the application folder. And then if you had set the application folder to be icon view, maybe the browser will be list view. Or maybe it will be icon view, but the icons won't be the same size or the sorting won't be honored. So, so just, just to catch me up, because I'm a little bit in the weeds here, sometimes it does the thing that you expected and other times it does not. Well, let's see, here's the thing. These two models cannot coexist in this way. If you can transform a browser window into a non-browser window or vice versa, it's impossible to come up with a consistent set of rules that will make anybody happy, right? Because then it's like, how am I saving my state and what are my what what are these state changes being associated with? But like if you say you want command three, um, if you want the whatever that mode of what do you call that? That is that is inherently a browser mode. That's another wrinkle where you can do a non-browser window but use a browser mode view like the column view. Okay. Because in the column view, you can just keep clicking columns to the right, to the right, to the right. Mm-hmm. What And you make a state change to that window, like making it bigger? Where is it supposed to stay in that state? Mm-hmm. Associated with the rightmost selected folder? The leftmost selected folder? The window that's not a browser? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think I understand. I, I'm very confused by your phrase, uh, brow- browser mode. But I, what I'm getting is, like, in the old days, you would go in, you'd you know, clock, clock, and you'd open up a folder, and usually it'd be, like, the icon view. And then clock, clock, you get a, a folder. And that... But so the difference is, though, one is here's all the icons for stuff in this folder. And the other is here's an interactive way um, to do more than just look at some pretty pictures. Kind of like when you're uh, I'm getting that now with the command. What do you call command three column column view? Column view. Yeah. Column view is inherently a browser because you can navigate to different places within the same window. Okay. so then it becomes it becomes untenable to. Uh, save state changes to that window in any way that makes sense, right? Because mm-hmm. you can navigate to a different window, change back to icon view. Have you just tried to say, well, now every time I open that other folder, it should be an icon view? So the, the ultimate one is that you can have two non-browser windows. Again, when I say non-browser, I mean windows without any sidebar or toolbar, mm-hmm. right? And and that's just there's nothing inherent about that. It's just the way Finder is implemented. Like I say that because this is the way that Finder works, right? That's what Finder considers a non-browser window without a sidebar and toolbar. It doesn't have to be the case. It just is, right? Because that's that's one of the rules they came up with, right? Yeah. You can open two non-browser windows of the same exact folder. 
Like you can have two window finder windows, both of which show the application folder in icon view, right? And mm-hmm. one of them you can make the icons really small, and one of them you can make the icons really big. And one of those windows you can shove in the upper left, and one you can shove in the lower right. What the hell is the finder supposed to do with what you've just done there? You say you close both those windows. The next time you open the application folder, where should it be? It would be ambiguous to try and infer what that person had wanted. Right, because that's a thing you can do in the finder. It has no way to save that state in any sensible way, even if it just made a decision, which it doesn't. But if it said, okay, well, the last one you you close, that's the one I count. It doesn't even do that. It doesn't Mm -hmm. even have, that rule would not really make much sense, but at least it would be a rule that you could tell people. Basically, when you open up the applications folder again, it depends on how you opened it from where and whatever mood the finder is in to say, should it be in the upper left, the lower right? Should it be big icons or small icons? Or should I just say, screw it, I'll just make up a view that I feel like showing you. And guess what? Now it's in this view. Like, like and where should the window be? I don't know. I'll just put a window somewhere. It doesn't really matter. Well, like, what would you, do you, have, do you have a sense of what you'd like it to do? Yeah. So the easiest solution to this is, well, one solution is to get rid of one of the two modes, which I wouldn't like because I use both of them. And I think, I think most people use probably just browser mode, but I use the other mode, so I wouldn't want them to get rid of the other one. Uh, but if, say you're going to keep both modes, you just need to separate them. You should not be able to transform a browser window into a non-browser window. Uh, and then you have two separate worlds and there's no confusion, right? Mm. And you need to get rid of column view in the non-browser windows because it's inherently a column view thing. And then in the non-browser windows, you could just use the rules that existed for the first 16 years of the Mac, which is every window is associated with a folder and any state change you make to that window is saved based on the folder path. And that's it. The folder paths are unique. Per, you know, volume plus folder path. That's a unique combination. Mm-hmm. Any state change made to that, you just save there. And it's impossible to have more than one non-browser window showing the content of the same folder. It's just Does it get it, stored it was, in the dot, uh, that dot file? No. But dot, is it dot FS or what is it called? Where it gets stored is a whole separate issue. Back, back in the day, I think it would be stored in the resource forks or whatever. But yeah, but okay. where you store it doesn't matter. I'm saying uh, conceptually, right? Conceptually, okay. it is a clean model if you separate through, but they've never done that. So just have the two modes constantly coexisting and everybody who even tries to make to getting back to your original uh, question or problem, anyone who even tries to make the most trivial sort of like faint in the direction of arranging their workspace in a predictable way runs afoul of the finder's complete inscrutability when it comes to state preservation. You have a model in your head and you think, oh, I just want something simple. I just want two windows and this one. That. And like, you know what you're talking about in your head, but the finder has no freaking clue because its model, it does not match yours in any way. And its model is stupid. <laughs> its model doesn't match as anybody. Nobody knows what the finder is going to do. You could do a game show with the people who wrote the finder and say, all right, I'm going to do a series of moves. And then I'm going to, you know, here, I'm going to open a window. I'm going to open this folder. I'm going to change this. Yeah, like you said, tell me why you decided to make it that way. Right. No, but they, no one can even predict it. It would be like, okay, now, after I've done all these moves, what I'm going to do is hit Command-Shift-A. What will happen next? I see and it's the, a game the show. The team that it. wrote the finder will not be able to get the answer right consistently because one of them will think, oh, it's going to show up like you last time you had the finder. One of them will think, oh, it's going to make a new computer window of this size in this position. It's like, nobody freaking knows. Not the people who wrote the code, nobody. I would love to step through it in the debugger to, to find out how it decides. What if I command option click on the application folders in the doc? Now what is it going to do, right? Mm-hmm. What if I do open dot when, uh, from a shell when I'm in the uh, slash applications folder? Now what is the finder going to do? What if I send it an Apple event? Now what is the finder going to do? What if that window is already open in three different places and I, and I open it from the finder? Now what is the finder going to do? Nobody knows. Literally nobody knows. Nobody in Apple, nobody who wrote the finder, <laughs> certainly no user. 
It's a bad program. It's a bad program for browsing files. All right. Okay. When I say inscrutable, I don't mean just like complicated and hard to understand. I mean literally unpredictable. For all I know, not, it's not a random knowable. number generator. <laughs> okay. So getting back to your problem, uh, my advice would be to take two windows that you want to do like that and never close them. Just minimize them. And then oh, hope that hope the finder doesn't give up on you entirely and just get rid of those windows behind your back or crash or something. But if you do that, you mm-hmm. should be able to keep them minimized in the dock. And when you need them, bring them out of the dock and then put them back in. Yeah. If you ever unmount the volume, though, when you put, bring it out of the dock, it's going to be pouring to like my computer or something like it'll be it will have forgotten that path because the window will still exist. But the path will be gone because you unmounted the Synology. Uh-huh. So your minimized window will have lost track of that. And when you remount it, the minimized window will not point back at that. Instead, it will be pointing at like your home directory or some other place. So it's not a foolproof solution. But if you always leave the volumes mounted and never close the windows and just minimize them when you don't need them, that yeah. gives you a fighting chance. Maybe. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped short of um, I stopped short of getting into Keyboard Maestro because I'm afraid I might just disappear into that. But I, I tried, you know, all the usual suspects. And now they mostly just get in my way. There's one I got off of Setup where you identify hot spots where if you drag a window to a certain area, it snaps. Like if I drag it to the top middle, mm-hmm. it takes the whole screen. Yep. And I finally broke down and made three one-third areas um, on the right side of the screen. But it's, you know, you know as, as usual, I mean, it's, uh, they trained me right. It's the same way Apple trained me not to care about my music anymore. Now they train me to not. Yeah, not trying to do that. People much just give up. They, they. I mean, even I, like, I haven't given up entirely. But there are certain aspects of window arrangement in the finder that I've given up on. Now I just try to hold the line at like my applications folder, which I have to recreate and arrange once every, you know, week, day and a half, month. It depends on what mood the finder is in. I feel like uh, at this point, Launch Bar is kind of my pearl. Where like, I, I there's so much stuff that I've moved into Launch Bar just because it's it's so much faster and easier to do. There's so much like repetitious stuff and stuff like the custom search templates. And I know this is nothing new. Quicksilver had similar things a million years ago, but um, the launch bar uh, custom uh, searches of all kinds are so great. Um, I just, uh, yeah, it can be really frustrating sometimes. The other thing I would suggest you maybe, I don't know if this is the way you want to roll, but like uh, one thing that is very consistent is the command line. If you're frequently copying lots of files from one place to the other, you can copy files from the command line with tab completion. It's not that bad. Um, mm-hmm. You can even you can even make aliases for copying them, so you can just give a single command, like you know. Well, I mean, one thing I did spend a little bit of time on was I think the last one I played with was Chrono, ChronoSync uh, Pro, the Pro version of ChronoSync, which is one of those. I don't know if it's a diffs app or what, but it's a uh, or rsync I should say, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's one of those apps that you know lets you say based on these rules you know, copy these kinds of things. But like, even then there's so much sort of um, editorializing that I'm doing. I don't want everything to always copy over all the time. It's it's crazy to have like all these full hard drives of, you know, stuff I'm never going to watch, but. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you'd want to cherry pick them. Like so I'm saying, if you make an alias, it would be like, yeah. you know, alias. So, so I could uh, do like a, what, C, CP or MV? What, yeah, what would you just, do, just do like alias uh, pack up. Uh, to be CP uh, argument to destination. And you would hard code the destination to be slash volume slash whatever. And then we just drag those into the terminal? Right. Well, no, you would. So, you, you know, normally when you write the CP command, it's CP space source space destination, right? Mm-hmm. And that gets tedious because you know you're putting it all, the destination is always your hard drive, right? Like that hard drive you have plugged in, right? Yeah. So 
you know, CP uh, movie one slash volume slash hard drive slash movies, CP movie two, or you could do CP movie one, movie two, movie three slash volume slash hard. Like it's more tedious than you might want it. Well, to that's why I say the dragging part. I first learned that from Jeff Veen a million years ago when I was working with him was he was like, you know, there's a lot of that stuff you do that you don't have to be that great at the terminal. But like when you're doing lots of file movement things, just knowing a few commands and then being able to do a drag and drop into that window can save you so much time. And it's actually a lot faster than the GUI sometimes. Right. But what I was going suggest is not even bothering with the destination because you always know what the destination is going to be. You just make an alias that's like Ooh. pack up or something, right? And okay. you just type pack up space movie one. That's right. it. That's the whole command. And pack up space movie one behind the scenes runs CP movie one volume slash whatever slash movies, right? I'm going to listen back to this and, and try this. Anyway, like if you don't want to work from the command line, they don't want to work from the command no, line. No, I know, I like it. I like it. I'm better. I'm, that, I like but, the, you know, I'm, I'm. Yeah. And the good thing with know. movies is, unlike, I'm always wary to do anything from the command line with stuff that like, be, might be Mac type stuff, even oh, though. Oh, like, yeah, like uh, images and bundles and stuff like that, or any of those like pseudo. Yeah. And it's things. honestly, it's fine these days because mm-hmm. the copy command that comes with the Mac understands extended attributes and like it's not a big deal. But but for movie files, it's totally safe because yeah. all the movie files are totally flat and there's no extended attributes. a tight little package, usually. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then you made front and center, which I'm running right now. Yeah, boy. Did you raise the price again? Have you raised the price recently? No, I'm holding steady at the current pricing. I think it's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, every every few days someone buys a copy and I'm like, hey, that's. Oh, nice. Nice. You know, and then, then I, you know, I do like the money from my apps now. Every time someone like buys it and I get a dollar 99, I'm like, that's like an iTunes rental. And I just rent something from iTunes. I used to never do iTunes rental. So I always just buy. Yeah. Or I would more likely I would just not do it at all. I, be like, at this well, point, I only buy if it's 4K. That's the only if it's not in 4K, I will use Just Watch or my special gifts to find it. I, I hated renting though because of the timer countdown. Yeah, I was like, yeah. let's just buy it. So there's so many movies I bought that I watched once and I knew I wasn't gonna like, and guess what? I'm never gonna watch them again. And sometimes they're like 15 bucks. I'm like, that's too much. But now that I have this mad money from the app of like eh, every time, <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? Normally, yeah. I hate renting because of the timer and everything, but so what? I'm just renting it. So I've been yeah. doing so many like $3.99 rentals of, of garbage movies. It's free money. It just goes right back to the company store. Exactly. So I'm enjoying that. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store or a portfolio or a blog. Whatever you want to do, you got to be doing it with Squarespace. It is an all-in-one platform that lets you do whatever you need to do with nothing to install, no patches to worry about, and no upgrades are ever needed. You do not have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has you covered. If you ever have any problems, not to worry. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever get yourself into a jam. And they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. All of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I'm a huge fan of Squarespace. They run my uh, personal sites as well as the Roderick on the Line podcast. It is a joy to use. It's a joy to make. It's a joy to update. Sometimes it's fun to just try different templates and see what it's going to look like. It's so fun. Squarespace plans start at just $12 per month, but you can start a trial right now with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. When you decide to sign up, use that very special offer code diffs, and that will get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
and it will show your support for Reconcilable Differences and Relay FM. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash diffs. Offer code diffs for 10% off your first purchase. As ever, our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. And we're back. I think we probably have time for one more of these of your choosing. You want to do the Eliminator pin story? We have time for that. Um, I mean, I I just don't want. Oh, no, to... I don't. I don't think. I don't think we have time for that. I think we want to talk about statistics. Oh, uh, we don't have time for that. Sure, we do. Because this is this is a question. We can at least get part to to the first part. Um, first of all, uh, Brady's bits. Uh, fun anecdote. We were both a thing that we do you and me, is sometimes we don't know or don't remember who added something to the doc, and we'll have a fun little old couple argument about who did it. And and so you'll see something, you know, famously for me, writing uh, the name Jeff Goldblum in a Moleskine notebook and circling it 10 years ago. And I still don't know why I did that. Uh, we, you were puzzling today, as I was saying, uh, preparing to prepare. Um, I said, you know... You said, what is Merlin's statistics? And I was like, I have no idea what that is. I don't remember putting that in. Long story short, you would not believe the detective work that went into finding the May 5th recording of the show. No, not the public show. It was after we were done talking. And I was telling you that I had a few. Now, this, I was not successful at these, by and large. But I had, back in, I think, May, uh, even earlier than that, I had a series of projects I was considering doing to keep me busy during COVID. I wanted to learn how to hone a knife. I wanted to um, get good at Spanish again. I wanted to um, write something. Oh, write songs. That was one. Oh, do the New Yorker caption contest, which I've been doing. And one was that um, given the onslaught of information about COVID, I wanted to learn some basics of statistics. And this partly came out of a conversation with some people on Twitter where we were talking about the problems with, I mean, I'm, I'm a uh, smart enough bear to know that if you don't have a denominator, <laughs> the numerator is not that useful. And this person's like, oh my God, you should learn some basic statistics. This would help you so much. Everything becomes so much clearer when you learn some statistics. Should I be learning some statistics? So I uh. took a lot of statistics in school. Uh, and I hated it with a fiery passion that you cannot even imagine. That's weird. I hated it, like, not because it was, like, thorny and bad, but, like, it just, nothing about it appealed to me. <laughs> I found it boring. I, I didn't want to know it. I didn't find that knowing it helped me in any way. Just, I really hated statistics. Mostly because, like, I, in general, I don't like math, but some math is really cool. That even though I'm not super into math, like just just learning it and learning the concepts is really like mind expanding. Not so much with statistics, I found. Um, the math is annoying in statistics. So even to learn the basics. I can't take like statistics for poets. Like I can't learn the concepts. Is it is it like physics where you're not really learning physics without or, or without math? The, the problem is I bet all of the conceptual stuff that you can learn without getting bogged down in math, you already know. Hmm. Close to it anyway. Maybe, maybe like in the first half of the first day course. So I do like a great courses plus or something. There's a little clarification in that and that's good. But very quickly, they're going to want you to start doing math with, with symbols. I'm not going to do that. And, Mm -mm. and, and, and here's the problem. Like in all of the stuff of like, well, it will help me understand scientific studies because I'll understand what these things. And it's just like, that's the math. 
that's the part that I that my I don't like. Now you may be different. You may find the math fascinating. Like, no, no, for example, I can't I, do the math. I had geometry as a senior. But but some people are into it. Like so, for mm-hmm. example, calculus. You ever do calculus? <laughs> yeah. I would Tons. see. I would suggest look like if you watch videos on calculus. I had algebra two. I had algebra two and geometry. If if you watch videos on calculus, even though it probably has less applicability to your life, you'd be like, "Wow, this is cool." Because some math it seems cool. Like j- just learning the concepts seems cool. Okay. You, and the yeah. thing is, you can learn the concepts to calculus, or maybe less so differential equations, discrete math. Like there's a bunch of things that you can learn the concepts to without ever knowing anything about the math and without ever like writing an equation or solving one that are that are mind expanding and cool. And I just did not find that for statistics beyond knowing the very basics like mean, median, and mode, and standard deviation, right? Understanding those conceptually, which you probably do already at sort of a gut level just from context, right? But to get beyond that... I do a butt ton of mean, median, mode, min, max in my many, many spreadsheets. Yeah, and and like statistics also gets into a little bit of probability, which at least is a little bit more interesting. Probability, logic, and reasoning, and statistics. Statistics Uh is is the... is my least favorite of that by a long shot, right? So it, it really, it really depends on what your goal is. Now, not that you, to say that you're going to be like me, maybe you'll find it fascinating and no, be super stop into saying it, that. Right? I can't do math. Math is hard. But, but you might, you you might find like the concepts fascinating. I don't know. I don't. I don't find. So the if I'm going like, to learn something, if I'm going to be some kind of loser that just learns something um, conceptually, I could probably do better than statistics. Well, did you have to in your in your uh, liberal arts stuff? Did you do like uh, logic and reasoning or rhetoric or anything like that? I never took that now. That that I feel like would have given that type of course, which is liberal arts. Like it's it's, an, it's not a engineering no, school. No, it's very much. It's very no logic. Logic is a philosophy class. Yes, for sure. Exa- exactly, and, and I think that would have led you to the same. Oh, the denominator is important insight, right? Because that is really more of a logic thing than a statistics thing. Because you would be like examining the premises and seeing if the the conclusions people are making follow from the you know follow logically. And you'd be like, well, wait a second, we're missing information, and you you know. All, I think you would have gotten to that through logic and reasoning and not through statistics. Statistics, hmm. statistics is like... But are you concerned at all that I'll become one of those people that always wants everybody to debate him? No, I don't okay. think it's going to happen. It's like, I'm, I enjoyed that class and I don't think any of the people in the class started that way and I don't think they ended that way. I think it was mostly a fun... I, this, when, when you're an engineering major, because they force you to take all these engineering mm-hmm. and math sure, classes sure, sure. it dominates your curriculum... Taking and this is going to sound bad, like oh, you're belittling it, but like it's refreshing to take a course that is not about engineering and math. Oh, I, I can I can only imagine. I, I had a girlfriend um, in college who was so freaking smart, and she so at New College, most people took four classes. Some people took five. Very unusual to take six. Like four was considered pretty standard, and uh, she had four science science classes, including organic, um, organic chem, all at the same time, and like I just. She was never not done with homework. It was just <laughs> it was completely, especially with organic. I mean, the cumulative nature of that was rough. Meanwhile, you know, I was reading the same uh, Raymond Carver story for the fourth time. And like it gets too samey, right? So then like, you yeah. know, I would I would my full schedule and then it's like, and also your one non-engineering, non-math course for the semester is logic and reasoning. And you'd get to go to a different building and you get to sit with people who haven't been destroyed by math. Okay. 
and and it was just and they would and you talk because like I said it's a philosophy type course too and you'd have discussions in the class about mm -hmm. you know where you could like engage your brain in a different way and not be just like solve this equation or tell me the one correct answer to this like, it's just so refreshing so I I love those classes even though they had really nothing to do with my major just as a, as a vacation from my brain totally, to, to, totally. to do something different with my brain. Not that it was any easier because some of the classes were still hard, especially classes where if you you know you have to write long papers. You know, math may be boring and have just one right answer, but try getting an A on a paper where there is no one right answer. It's actually quite hard, uh -huh. especially, especially if you can't write. But yeah, no, I I, I love that course and I, I found it mind expanding, and interesting, and way more useful to like critical thinking about things like oh what's the denominator like i mean i some of it is partly because that's my how my brain always works with critical thinking but i think that that would have been your path to that insight and not statistics well i'll have you know um i'm already on the path i've just added uh two youtube videos about uh introduction to logic to my uh watch later and i've added uh a, a teppanyaki video another one of those <laughs> We'll see who we'll see who wins. I, I always just you check out a calculus one too. Like there's there's lots of calculus really cool... teppanyaki. Is that a thing? Mm, maybe probably. All right, calculus. Um, all right. Are you watching the teppanyaki videos? Are you watching those? I've I've seen a bunch of them. All right. Here, here's my thing. Here, here's my. I don't even know what teppanyaki is other than knowing that you send me the videos and I recognize the food they're. You want me to send you that one again with the wagyu? You want me to send you that one? He, he slices the garlic really thin. One of them gets a little bit burnt. Here's my thing about the wagyu, right? Okay. I think it's possible. To have too much fat marbling. What do you think yeah. of that? Not surprised. My, my daughter would agree. My daughter would I mean, agree. Yep. I'm not opposed to it. And I think it might be okay. But at a certain point, it's like, now you're just giving me a giant piece of beef fat. I just want to be clear about this. I am not there for the Wagyu. I am there for the technique. The whole, mm -hmm. like, the food mm -hmm. porn part of, like, you know, I've dry roasted this in my butter, custom butter rub that you can get on the Texas Jack store. or whatever. And I'm not into that guy. There's a lot of that guy. There's a lot of like Bobby barbecue. <laughs> no, I'm just into like watching. It's so engrossing and mm, relaxing is the wrong word, but it's relaxing. It's so engrossing to just, it's, it's, it's basically like competence porn for food. Yeah. Although I think he overcooked that garlic a little bit. Don't you think he overcooked it a little? The garlic? Oh, that last one was the worst. He totally burned it. Yeah. No, it's, I, every, every time I watch it, I'm screaming. He's so <laughs> careful with all the other done. ones. And he knows exactly what every, every hot spot on that surface is. Shame on him. It's just time. It's just time. He's just, well, he left it too long. You got to just get it pushed off when it's done. I spend a lot of time cooking sliced garlic. I'm very, this is one of the few areas of cooking that I have a lot of experience. You got to use, use a razor blade for that? No. I don't. Okay. Um, I'm going to send you. I, I already did add this. I think I already added this. But I, I want to tell you if this is something that's difficult for me to understand because I haven't yet learned calculus and it's sending now that's the thumbnail in the description for this video the video is called understand calculus in 10 minutes there's lots of good videos for on, on youtube for oh is this, this is a link or is this just a image just double click the image 3.4 million views three years ago yeah um, what's it called understand calculus in 10 minutes okay understanding calculus in 10 minutes okay how long is it 2158 okay so is that calculus? Is that is it a wormhole? Is it like when you fold the paper and you put the pencil through? Is it like that? In the beginning, they have to tell you about their sponsor, which is a very complicated RPG. Oh, let me tell you about uh, all the great courses and right. space. The actual, <laughs> the actual understanding is. 10 you guys know Audible. Yeah, no, I, I, 
I don't know where best to find uh, things about this. Like, I, I always like, uh, I don't know. Like, there's a good, relatively, and all that good stuff. There's a bunch of good videos on that. There's a uh, Minute Earth does sort of more bite-sized things. This but, is plenty. This is plenty to start. We, we got to get to our, we got to get to our, uh, our, our uh, I call it after show. What do you call it? Yeah, after show is fine. We'll stick um, with that. Um, in a minute, John I'll, and I are going to talk about Shark Tank. Say something funny. Um, I'm not going to say anything, but I have to say something substantive before we go on to the after show. I will oh. try to find uh, good YouTube videos on various educational topics that I think are mind-expanding. i got to put that in my homework section. Good, good, good. I also just saw, it looks like it appears to be The Edge and Bono doing a cover of Stairway to Heaven. So put that on your list, too. Really? Send, send me that one. Yeah, sure. Hey, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. That's not funny. Mm-hmm.